Every year near the end of November, farmers and their guests convene for the annual meeting of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation. Again this year, the event was impressive, including the rare opportunity for an unscripted question and answer session between farmers and the governor of Ohio. Today, we're going to share a few uh, bits of that conversation between Governor Kasich and Farm Bureau members, and we'll look into some of the key issues on the group's policy agenda. It's a look back at the Farm Bureau's annual meeting for 2012, this week on Town Hall, Ohio. This is Town Hall, Ohio, home to interesting people, engaging issues, and enlightening stories. Town Hall, Ohio is a production of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation, working to forge a partnership between farmers and consumers and is supported by Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side. Now, here's Town Hall, Ohio host, Joe Corneli. The annual meeting of the Ohio Farm Bureau is always a big deal. It was no less so this year. By the time all the count was done, more than 800 Farm Bureau members and very many uh, dignified guests joined us for our annual affair. One of the first speakers that the Farm Bureau delegates heard from during the business session of the meeting was Steve Hirsch. Steve is a fruit grower from Ross County, and he's the president of the Ohio Farm Bureau. Over the past couple of years, we've been going through the process of re-examining some very basic aspects of our organization. We've been asking questions such as, why do we have Farm Bureau? What do we want our organization to look like? What should it do, and how should it do it? We've also been asking those questions of ourselves on a personal level. I've asked myself, why am I a member of Farm Bureau? Well, here's why. Because Farm Bureau is the organization that watches out for farmers' interests in Columbus and in Washington, D.C., so that I can farm. Hirsch also voiced the reason why he and the delegates took time away from their farms and families to do the business of Farm Bureau. Over the next two days in this room and over the next year in communities throughout Ohio, Farm Bureau can and will make a positive difference in people's lives. Not long after finishing his speech to the delegates, Farm Bureau President Steve Hirsch had another enjoyable duty. That was to introduce to the guests the governor of the state of Ohio, John Kasich. What we might do here is let me talk a little bit, and I'll keep it under a couple hours, and, uh, and then maybe you might have a couple questions. I don't know that anybody's ever done that before, but we can try it. If the questions are difficult, um, I will not answer them, okay? <laughs> um, but we'll see. So anyway, I, uh, Steve, thank you, and uh, thank the Farm Bureau. I mean, you're, you're, look, you're the base of Ohio. My daughters were saying about agriculture, Daddy, you know, why is it important? I said, well, because it's the basic industry and strongest industry in Ohio. And I love it, and I know you do as well. So let's celebrate agriculture as being the bedrock of the state of Ohio. Yeah, give yourself a round of applause. An item that the governor touched on was his view that agriculture has an important function beyond just feeding people. Beyond the traditional agriculture, we have to start thinking 21st century. You see, I think that bio products, we need to really get moving on it. And also think about biopharma. There isn't any reason why Ohio, with its smart people, its academics, its water resources, can't locate pharmaceutical companies in our state. We have to think big. And you're front line on how we do this. 
And I want to invite all of you. You know, we have this little task force of farmers who think about what could be, not just about what is, but what could be. And if you have any ideas about how we can make your job easier, if you have any ideas about how you can become more profitable, if you have any ideas about the newfangled 21st century technologies, you call us. And I'm not that hard to get to. You might have to call a couple times, but you'll get through. Or just tell Fisher, and he'll call me, and you'll get right through. So I want to invite you to be part of this. Governor Kasich, while talking to the Farm Bureau members, made the point that the Ohio economy is better, but he's not satisfied. We had 89 cents in our rainy day fund, and this guy used to send a check for 89 cents. He worked in the legislature to double the rainy day fund. You know, today we have $500 million in our rainy day fund and a balanced budget, structural balanced budget, okay? And instead of being down 400,000 jobs, we're up 126,000. We've gone from 48th in job growth in America to number five, and we're the number one job producer in the Midwest. And it's just great success because of the people of the state and the members of the legislature. Now, what we can't afford to do is kind of rest, because it's natural when you pull yourself out of a hole, well, I, okay, things look better. I don't want to do anything else. Oh, no, no. That's the time to march and run even faster, because you have a window of opportunity for more change and more innovation. And if you ignore the politics and you think about our major problems, we have to address them. Here's one of those major problems and how the governor would like to address it. We, of course, have to make improvements in K-12 through education. I call it K-J. through K-J, through that's actually pre-K, through J being jobs. This is a really hard thing to solve. Let me, um, let me put it into your home and into your family. When you're a good farmer and you have kids that have a passion for farming, you start working with them when they're how old? Six, five, four, okay? And you begin to educate them on the pros and the cons and what you need to do to be a good farmer. Across Ohio, and frankly across America, we need to begin to tap into kids' passions. Starting in the first grade, we are going to introduce occupations to our young students. And, and it's going to be not very sophisticated in the first grade, but as they climb up the ladder, we're going to bring more and more sophisticated information to them to figure out what they want to be in life. And see, I happen to believe that, that the good Lord has created all of us for a purpose. And when we dig down deep, we can find that purpose. And when we, when we are able to develop that purpose, we can have a meaningful life, both as a professional and, of course, a meaningful life in your private and personal life. And I believe that the education system ought to be linked with business. And I believe at the end of the day that we ought to be tapping into kids' passions, letting them know what it is that they can possibly be and what they can possibly do so that when they're in school, instead of mom and dad have to berate them to learn math, they're going to begin to understand that if you learn math, you might work at the IBM data analytics operation out there. And kids, you ever seen kids on electronic devices? I go in to give my uh, girls a, a kiss goodnight, and cripe, they're on their devices, you know, and it, 
Maybe they can go into data analytics. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is our education system has to feed the passions, and education should lead to good jobs. At the same time, we want to make sure that every child in Ohio has the resources behind them to be able to compete with a child all in any other school district in Ohio. And we are working on a program to get that done, and we are working on a great program now to try to train our people for jobs that exist and educate them in a way that business is more connected to the, ed to the academic situation that people find themselves in. That can really be a, a, a terrific result for the state of Ohio. Governor John Kasich addressing the members and delegates of the Ohio Farm Bureau at their annual meeting. The governor also took the opportunity to pitch one of his highest priorities. Uh, we need to lower Ohio's income tax. Our income tax is too high, and it really hurts small business. One of the elements that you're going to see in our tax reform plan is an increased tax on, on uh, severance taxes, oil and gas. Companies now pay 20 cents on an 80 or $90 barrel of oil. It's ridiculous. And when we put our increased severance tax in, it will allow us to then reduce taxes for small businesses and individuals in Ohio. Now, who doesn't like this? People with vested interests, okay? And even with our increased severance tax, by the way, our taxes on oil and gas will be the lowest in the country. Now, I want the Farm Bureau to help me on this. There hasn't been a clear message. You know why? Here's a handful of farmers that have wells, and, and they didn't do a contract the right way to make the oil companies pay the severance tax, and so they yell and scream and yelp and complain, and they stop it. I need your support on it. You want an Let me ask you this question. Do you want the income taxes to come down in Ohio, or don't you? What do you? How many would like to see a lower income tax in the state of Ohio, huh? How many of you don't care? Let me see. <laughs> well, there's no one. So we need you to get behind our tax reform, and it will not just be the severance tax, it will be other things as well. A few of those farmers who the governor said didn't like his idea happen to be in the audience. Jane Wallace, Harrison County. I feel if you put a severance tax on our, on our property in the eastern part of Ohio that is now reaping rewards through the gas and oil industry, um, I feel like we're being penalized for owning that property that happens to have oil and gas under it. I have paid taxes on it. Um, the, whole, the entire state is seeing benefits from the oil and gas industry, not just in the eastern part of Ohio. Good morning, Governor. Jason Feldner, Noble County. I'm glad to speak to you this morning. If you want us to back up your severance tax, could you maybe provide a little bit more of a descriptive guidelines of what you mean by small businesses, how many employees we talk, and, and exactly what benefit is that going to provide them? Is there a certain dollar amount that, well, every, we, as, yeah, that yeah. we as taxpayers could expect? Sure. A certain Dollar, and what are those? Because the way I look at it is, if we're going to give up something, we certainly want to get something. So, is it a is it a good pay? And the other the other concern Wait, we have ask, is let me ask you a question. Sure. That, you, that we're going to give up something. Who's given up something? Well, I believe we're giving up the possible aggressive nature of the oil companies That's, and where they decide to locate. But, at. But, but, but wait a minute. Why have they invested billions of dollars knowing a severance tax is coming? 
Well, we have a Utica shale, but so do other states. They're not in New York right now because of guidelines and regulations. Right. They are in PA right now. They are in West Virginia right now. So Our taxes are lower than all those states. We want to make sure, though, that they have a reason to stay here. Yeah. And, and they're going to do what's best for them business-wise, just like you've said for the rest of businesses. They locate where the interest is the best. So can you, can you give us some guarantee that even if we do this, that oil companies are going to look at Ohio eastern Ohio and say we want to keep working there because it's going to benefit us yeah. or maybe we want to go somewhere else because it's not just a state it's a world economy so why would they want to stay in the United States why do they want to stay in eastern Ohio and why would they still want to come here I should note these are only excerpts of the give and take between the governor and some Farm Bureau members but I did want you to hear that rare opportunity that were afforded to the Farm Bureau delegates to question their governor in the end, Farm Bureau did not give Governor Kasich what he asked for. Delegates established Farm Bureau policy that says they will oppose, the organization will oppose an increase in the severance tax solely for the purpose of funding a state income tax reduction. Farm Bureau went on to say that if there's an increase in the severance tax, it should address local government funding, infrastructure needs, local and state economic development, and mitigation of negative impacts on local communities and the environment. And Farm Bureau further said it believes any severance tax discussion should be part of a comprehensive reform of state and local taxes. So that's where Farm Bureau came down on the issue. Where the governor stood was quite clear. We are going to get a higher severance tax in this state. It's going to happen, just a matter of when. Every dime is going to go to lower the income tax for all Ohioans. We'll have more from the Farm Bureau annual meeting in a moment. And trade this fast lane for a country road. Get out of the fast lane. We are looking back to the recently held annual meeting of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation, the 94th annual meeting in which the delegates get together and establish the group's policy for the coming year. Heading into that meeting, one of the big topics of discussion was the turnpike and whether or not it should be privatized. That seems to be the opinion of Governor John Kasich. As you know, the governor came and spoke to the group and Here's what he had to say on that particular subject. I don't call it Turnpike anymore. I call it the jobs program. And some of you who live up in that northern area, let me just tell you this. I heard this morning that the Turnpike applied for membership as an independent country in the United Nations. Do you know what happens on your farm if you have an asset that is not producing value, that is underutilized? What do you do with it? You sell it or you figure out how to use it, right? We need to have a very good infrastructure in Ohio. We need safer bridges. We need more highways. We need more development projects. Think about this. Ohio is located within 600 miles of 60% of the country. That is why companies, logistic companies, manufacturing companies, are moving to Ohio from places like Germany. They're moving here because they can have great access to the middle of America. And for those that live up in the Toledo area, you know about North Baltimore, a great logistics center that can move product. Instead of going to Chicago, you get to go to North Baltimore. I don't know how many of you have ever spent time in O'Hare Airport, 
But there's a possibility that if you go in at the age of 20 or 30, by the time your plane takes off, you're eligible for Social Security. And it's a great thing to be able to utilize something like North Baltimore. The fact of the matter is infrastructure matters. And if we can, if we can extract value from that, that road up there, and we can use it to build out Ohio's roads, to make Ohio a more successful economic state for the creation of jobs and the shovel-ready jobs, actually, of doing projects that have been delayed because there's not enough resources, while keeping in mind the concerns and the nervousness of people who live in the northern part of the state who have been attached to that turnpike, we have to get it done. And we'll be unveiling a plan here over the course of the next couple of weeks once everything settles down. And we would really love the Farm Bureau to be, to be supportive of that initiative as well. That's Governor John Kasich making his pitch to the voting delegates of the Ohio Farm Bureau that the organization should support his plan to privatize the Ohio Turnpike. Ohio Farm Bureau's Executive Vice President Jack Fisher talked about the topic as well during his address to the Farm Bureau Convention. Now, Jack didn't talk about whether or not the governor's idea was a good one, but rather about the turnpike question as a good example, a great example, of the Farm Bureau way of doing business. You heard the governor talk about this a little bit. The fact that the turnpike goes through 10 of our counties in northern Ohio, it's a big deal. What the tolls are, what maintenance is like, how we design the traffic flow through their community, drainage issues, access issues, how do you move machinery, how do you get the elevator. Local issues are really important relative to the Ohio Turnpike. That's why our county farm bureaus got together, did their due diligence, studied what happened in neighboring state of Indiana, and that's why they're very effectively raising questions. That's why it was so important to hear the governor speak to this issue today, have that dialogue, so you can be heard, so we can do what's best, not only for the local community, but for the state of Ohio. Ohio Farm Bureau's Executive Vice President Jack Fisher talking about the Farm Bureau way of conducting business and using the Ohio Turnpike question as an example of that process. By the way, Farm Bureau delegates previously in previous years had voted to establish policy that opposes the privatization of the turnpike, and at this year's annual meeting, they kept that policy intact. Governor Kasich also brought up a subject of very timely nature, one that's of interest to farmers and non-farmers alike. And I also want to have a word to thank you for the work you're doing with Jim Zeringer and Dave Daniels on the issue of keeping keeping the fertilizer on the soil and not letting it get into our streams, you know that's a problem. And I'd rather not have a law passed. I would rather have cooperation from the ag industry, which we are getting from farmers, to try to make sure that we can have successful agriculture and also a good environment, because no one cares about the environment more than, a, than an American or an Ohio farmer. So we want you to continue to work with, that, with us on that. The governor referenced a couple of his cabinet members who attended the Farm Bureau meeting with him, Jim Zeringer, who is the director of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, and David Daniels, the director of the Ohio Department of Agriculture. EPA Director Scott Nally was also there, by the way, during the governor's speech. Now, Ohio Farm Bureau President Steve Hirsch also talked about water quality, and he referenced a recent cover of Farm Bureau's magazine, Our Ohio, 
that had retiring state trustee Don Ralph on the front cover. He was on his boat in Lake Erie. As a farmer, Don's interested in efficient, profitable farming, so he wants to have the ability to use nutrients to raise his crops. As a fisherman, he's interested in clean water, so he wants to keep the nutrients out of the lake. Apparently, the magazine article did the job of telling that story. One Cincinnati associate member wrote that Don's story, and I quote, restored her faith in mankind. That's powerful stuff. And as I look at the months and the years ahead, we're going to need all the powerful stuff that we can find. Fellow Farm Bureau members, there may be no issue with more potential to harm your family farm than the issue of nutrients escaping our farms and ending up in our water. Farm Bureau President Steve Hirsch, Town Hall, Ohio, will be back after this. Back to Town Hall, Ohio, as we look back to the 2012 annual meeting of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation. As we uh, left off before the break, we were hearing from Ohio Farm Bureau President Steve Hirsch. During his address to the voting delegates, he talked about the issue of managing farm nutrients to keep them out of the water supply. Hirsch said the issue is going to impact every farmer in every county of the state. State and federal regulators are poised to do something. The question is, what will they do? It's Farm Bureau's job to make sure that government acts responsibly. Lawmakers and regulators, as well as the public, need to understand that we don't have to choose between productive farming and clean water. There is a middle ground. But getting us there in the face of great public concern will not be an easy task. Besides President Hirsch talking about it, we heard uh, Governor Kasich touch on the subject as well. Jack Fisher, in his annual meeting speech, talked about water quality. It was a high enough importance level that there was an entire session devoted to the subject matter. Adam Sharp is Ohio Farm Bureau's Vice President of Public Policy. And for the folks attending that special water quality session, he laid out the stark reality for the farmers sitting in on that meeting. Now look, um, this is a big deal in a state. If you don't know that yet, you're, you're, I hope you'll appreciate it after today's session. It's a big deal. We have to lead in this area. We have to be very much intimately involved. Setting aside the social implications, just strictly from the agronomics, it's a tough issue for farmers to deal with. Because this is a complex challenge. It is a very tough issue. It's a tough issue for agriculture to deal with. It's one we have to. But it's complex. There's all kinds of, depending on your soil, depending on your weather, depending on your crop rotations, depending on your practices, depending on your neighbor's practices, depending on the science, depending on the production, there's a lot of complication here. And the Farm Bureau staffer had this message for farmers who might question whether or not there's going to be more regulation. It's not a question, I think, of whether, well, will there be more regulation? It's a question of how much and what it will look like. So let's, let's get past the fact that there's, not gonna, that there's gonna be changes in our regulatory system in the states. I think there's gonna be. But what does it look like? 
And I think what it looks like is going to depend on what you do in the field. It's going to depend on what we do and what we demonstrate to lead on this issue to deal with our challenges. A pretty blunt, straightforward assessment of the issues facing Ohio farmers regarding nutrient management and maintaining water quality. That assessment provided by Adam Sharp, who heads up the public policy activities on staff for Ohio Farm Bureau. A lot of other issues on the Farm Bureau delegate plates and... Executive Vice President Jack Fisher talked about some of those during his address to the membership. One of the things he said to be very proud of was the organization's political engagement over the past year. Well, let's look first and foremost at how we participated as an organization in the democratic process. The elections 2012. Start right at your county annual meetings. You meet and host the candidates. You get to know them right away. We had 17 major functions for state elected officials, U.S. Senators and Congressmen, leadership in the Ohio House and the Ohio Senate. Ways for you to engage in activity, help them to understand agriculture and what issues are important to you. All these statewide events allowed us to be in this position. It didn't make any difference who won the election. It might to you personally, but to the organization, we are in position to work with those individuals who are elected. Jack Fisher notes those kinds of contacts are going to be extremely important in the coming year. One of the key issues that Farm Bureau members are asked to be involved with is what to do in the whole arena of budget and taxes. Local government, township, counties, the state of Ohio, the federal government. Budget preparation and tax policy is at the forefront of everybody's discussions. Yeah, we hear about the fiscal cliff and all that, but we need each of you involved at the local level. Start with local government issues and the services you want and you want to pay for. You heard the governor talk about the preparation that's going into the biennium budget. These are things that you need to be totally involved with going forward. Where's the revenue going to come from? How are we going to spend it? Another priority item for Farm Bureau members, what's happening with the Farm Bill? We've all talked about the Farm Bill. Uncertainty in the marketplace is not good for us. It's not good for our consumers. It's not good for international trade. The Farm Bill is about 80% consumer-driven nutrition programs and 20% for the titles in the Farm Bill that pertain to you. Doesn't look too good. Lame duck session, I don't think is going to produce the five-year farm bill that we want. Hopefully we get either a six-month or a one-year extension, but we're going to need your engagement and full participation to get it done. Ohio Farm Bureau's Executive Vice President Jack Fisher, and we're sharing a few excerpts from his speech to the membership. One of the things that Jack talked about, as a matter of fact, so did President Hirsch and a variety of speakers is the need for Farm Bureau members to reach out to fellow members of their community to listen to what their priorities are. We're going to follow up on that next on Town Hall Ohio. Ohio Farm Bureau's oldest and most valuable traditions is its system of advisory councils. 
The idea from its beginning in 1936 was to put small groups of neighbors together to talk about their problems and opportunities and then decide how to take action to benefit themselves and their communities. The first ever advisory council meeting took place in Shelby County and was pulled together by Louis Warbington, a cooperative organizer for the Farm Bureau. During a session celebrating the advisory council system at this year's Ohio Farm Bureau annual meeting, staff member Seth Teeter read an account of that first advisory council meeting. Warbington said, no matter what else they may be, they are neighbors. That's the thing I can harness, and if I can harness it, it will do the job. So we set out for a county where he was well known. Then he invited 12 co-op families to meet in an empty warehouse. The only furniture that graced the dusty place was a collection of straight-backed chairs, which Warbington arranged in a wide circle. The farmers and their wives arrived somewhat puzzled and were introduced to one another. When they were seated, Warbington said, Now you folks all are neighbors, but how well do you know each other? How many times have you ever sat down together and talked over the problems that you have in common? He waited a moment, then continued, Now I want you to pull your chairs closer together into the smallest circle you can make, then let us talk things over. Still wondering what it was all about, the group pulled their chairs into a tight circle. Probably no more significant move was ever made by any group of farmers anywhere. Seventy-six years later, the Advisory Council remains a part of how Farm Bureau carries out its work. But as attendees at the annual meeting this year learned, the council system is in need of an upgrade. A new name was unveiled. Advisory councils are becoming community councils. Farm Bureau's Executive Vice President, Jack Fisher, talked about that transition during his speech to the convention. What if we thought about engaging in a bigger way today? So let's look at what might a community council look like. Well, first and foremost, it's up to you. You pick who's part of the council. You choose what you talk about. You choose who you want to reach out and engage with in the dialogue. You reflect on what's needed in your community. Maybe you want to talk about education, ag education. Maybe you want to talk about local government. Maybe you want to talk about opportunities you heard this morning from Patty about economic development. How do you, as a group of friends, neighbors, farmers in a community, work together to enhance the quality of life for your community? Not only that, don't forget where we started. How do you work together to get permission from your community, your neighbors, those you interact with, permission to farm? Some suggestions on who. Typically, it's been farm families. Our opportunity today might be to focus on consumers. How do three or four farm families reach out in a council and engage a nurse, a school teacher, the librarian, somebody in Kiwanis, somebody in the Rotary, a nationwide agent. There are tremendous opportunities for us to function in a new way in using what we know back to our roots about the value of councils. Reaching out to new folks was on the mind of Farm Bureau President Steve Hirsch as well. During his annual meeting speech, he talked about the opportunity farmers and Farm Bureau have to connect with the non-farmers in the organization. Our associate members may not farm, but they buy and they vote. And because they're Farm Bureau members, we have a unique opportunity to interact with them and influence their choices. What many of our associates want is you, and you, and you, and you. 
They want to connect to farmers, to food, to a rural lifestyle. Today's generation is more removed from a family farming history than ever before, yet they crave that connection. Farm Bureau can, and in my view, should help deliver that connection. And I throw out this piece of advice. We'll build that connection not by telling, but by asking. Our associate members aren't just a captive audience to be told why we farmers are wonderful. We need to ask their opinions about how we farm and what we grow. And sometimes these can be difficult conversations. That's why Ohio Farm Bureau continues to invest in helping us learn how to talk to our consumers. We need to welcome our associate members' questions. We need to understand what they like and don't like because our associate members are consumers and voters. They have a great deal of influence over how you and I make a living. They and we will be better served by making Farm Bureau the place to make that connection. Steve Hirsch, a fruit farmer uh, from Chillicothe, Ohio, and the president of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation, an excerpt from his speech during the 2012 annual meeting of Ohio Farm Bureau. As we wrap up coverage of that convention, we'll hear more from Jack Fisher and one of the biggest challenges facing agriculture today. Steve Rasmussen, the CEO of Nationwide Insurance, also joins us. Hope you'll stick around as we wrap things up on this week's Town Hall Ohio. special guest to speak during the Ohio Farm Bureau Annual Convention was Steve Rasmussen, CEO of Nationwide. Nationwide, as you probably know, was a company launched by Farm Bureau back in the 1920s, but today the two organizations still maintain a very close relationship. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the weather. Now, you all, you all have been hit by weather this year just like we have. Maybe that's why we all have such a kindred spirit for each other, because we all watch the Weather Channel way too often, and we all lament all the things that are happening to us with the weather. But you know, in the end, when Nationwide goes through events like Sandy, and we've had about 50,000 customers that have been impacted by losses in that event, you know, I always remind our team that this is what we get up in there every morning to do for a living. Uh, we're there to help protect those folks and try to put their lives back together. So when we go through years like last year and this year, you know, none of us like to see these things happen. No, none of us like to see these things happen to our customers. But on the other hand, it gives us a chance to show what we actually can do. And through these events, we always end up with more new customers from them than we had before because they start to recognize the quality and the effort that the nationwide team actually provides. Rasmussen talked a little bit about their new outreach message, which offers folks the opportunity to join the nation. It focuses on the core values of nationwide. Which is around being a member-driven company. And this is something that, uh, frankly, is now resonating pretty loudly in the marketplace because consumers are actually interested in somebody that is looking for something beyond just being a shareholder and being on just beyond the profits that an organization makes and that we do mean, uh, that we really do care, 
and that we really do value our members before we value shareholders or profits like some of our competition does. Nationwide CEO Steve Rasmussen. To close out today's review of the OFBF annual meeting, we return to the speech given by Farm Bureau's Executive Vice President Jack Fisher. He noted that the risks facing agriculture have changed. Certainly, weather risks like those Mr. Rasmussen talked about are still a part of farming, but there's a new, larger risk that Fisher told farmers they need to adapt to. You today need to earn permission from our customers to farm. Let me say that again. Today, you need to earn public permission to farm. Well, what does research tell us about that? What have we learned here in recent years with some of our issues? You know, we were always proud of the statement we wanted to feed the world. We found out a lot of Americans really don't care about feeding the world. Their first care is me. How are you going to feed me? How are you going to take care of me and my family? And by the way, why do you have to use those pesticides and chemicals? I'm hearing bad things about that. What's your impact on the environment? Hey, Mr. Farmer, what are you doing to water quality and air quality? Are you causing any of that? Do you really have to use antibiotics to be successful in raising our livestock? These are the questions that are coming from our consumer today. At the same time, they know very little about how you actually use pesticides and antibiotics in the tools of what you need to be successful in farming. Oh, by the way, though, I want to challenge you about all this, but having an abundant, safe, affordable food supply, I do expect that. Okay, what are we going to do? We have some options. Let's fight. In my opinion, we're going to lose. I probably have more privy to more surveying than some of you normally get to see. Sometimes it's pretty scary. Maybe a better option would be to reach out, engage, and have a dialogue. Listening to the other person. Figuring out where they come from. Don't forget your roots. Don't forget your values. But figure out a new way to do things. Earlier, you heard Jack encourage Farm Bureau members to reach out across their local communities to work with folks. He closed with this message. I think there's pretty sound evidence in the fact that working together works. Working together works. Thank you for what you did. And thank all of you for listening to this week's recap of our 2012 Ohio Farm Bureau Annual Meeting on Town Hall, Ohio. Town Hall, Ohio is a project of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation and is brought to you with the support of Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side. Join us again next week for Town Hall, Ohio.